Okay, good morning. So before Hanukkah, I began the next, uh, call it, uh, level in Seder Shtalshlus that I've been doing this year in a series. We started with Erein Sof, Atmos and Erein Sof, and then Tzimtzum, Tzimtzum Kipshute, and the different shittas. Then we did the Rishimu for uh, quite a few weeks. So the next, in order of uh, the order of the hierarchy, next comes the Kav. So I did the first share on that right before Hanukkah. So I want to do now part two and continue where we left off. So just to sum up a few key points, and then the Marmikim is already posted on the Kail uh, group. I reposted it now in case uh, anybody wants to see it again. Um, so you can really see that the Shima and the Kav is like two tracks that you find throughout Chassidus, which has many different names or different descriptions that the Ebeshter uses to create existence. You can call the Koyach HaGilui and the Koyach HaHelem, you quote the Koyach HaGvul, the Koyach HaBligvul. In higher levels, it's sometimes called Yecholte Lahoyer, Yecholte Shaloy Lahoyer. Sometimes you have the expression Eir Legalis Laatzme, Eir Lezulose. Not to say that these are all the same levels, but they all have something in common that's essentially two tracks. Now, Kemuvan, Hashem Echad is only one God. And therefore, everything is really all different expressions of Ardus Hashem. But in order to create a world that's driven by Nesava, Kosh Baruch Elias Leis Baruch Tirbetachtenim, the very word Tachtenim is already Loshen Rabbim, because it reflects the multitude and the schalkus and the structure of the of existence. Whether it's in Gashmis and the different the millions and billions of species that we have and each one made up of parts and so on, or, or, or Nevroim Ruchniim, which means the Elamis, Atzilus, Bri, Atzilus, all that are levels. And Chochm is not Bina, and Bina is not Das. So the mere fact that Ebershter wanted structure means that there would have to be an energy that relates to the structure. On the other hand, because he wants a dealer's butter betachtain, he wants and the structure, even though it's made up of his chalkus and so many parts, that all the parts should feel and sense and experience Elikus, and Elikus is Hashem Echad, so you also have to have, so to speak, a representative of the Achdus Hashem. So in some ways, in very Balbatisha terms, you can say that the Bligvul energies and the Gvul reflect these two aspects. The Gvul Focus on the structure, gvul, that's what gvul means. Kecha gvul, er gvul. And the bligvul focuses on the aglus, the bligvul that is there in everything that unites it all. Now, this is not my own words. If you read Ayin Beis, especially the second part of Chelik Aleph, or Akapam, the early Tfusim Chelik Aleph, Shuas Ayin Gimel. And then further, he talks mamish about that. Tavshin Gimel, the Shuas Mamarim are based on that, the same idea, that there's these two tracks called Gvul and Bligvul, or Bligvul and Gvul. Sometimes these are two compared sometimes even to the Avedis HaOvis. Before Matan Teda, their work was more in the Eir HaGvul. And Matan Teda is an Eir Chodesh introduced to Eir HaBligvul. So I won't go into that in detail because that's not so relevant to our conversation here. But the point I want to make is that at some point, these two tracks will turn into what we call Sheda Sha'edis and Sheda Sha'kelim. Now, obviously, there are no Kalim in the highest levels, not actual Kalim, not even Ruchnizdika Kalim, but there's the Sheda Sha'kelim. And what we learned, if you remember, the Shimu is the Sheda Sha'kelim, the root of the containers, and Kav is the Sheda Sha'er. Now, both of them also have a Sheda Sha'makir, Lifnat Simpson. The Shadish of the Kav will be, we'll soon discuss in detail, the Eir, either Habligvul, Eir Agvul, Lifniat Simpson. And the Shadish HaKelem will be the Kayach Agvul, 
Specifically, I said, not the famous Avedis Akedish from um, Ibn Gabai, my mayor Ibn Gabai, where he says, Kishem, the Abishtik, Kishem Shiesle Kechel Bibiltibal Gvul, Kachesle Kechel Bibiltibal And he says, in the first Gvul, he calls it the Esesphiris. But sometimes Exodus will say the first Gvul is actually the Kalim of this Esesphiris. But regardless, the point is that there's these two Kavim. If you want to go all the way to the root, in the Echelis of Atzmus, where there, obviously, there's no tracks altogether, because you can't speak about two Kavim altogether. So you say, it's Yecholte, the Echelis Hashem. The Yecholte Lahoyer, which would ultimately be the root of Oyer, and Yecholte Shalei Lahoyer, which is the root of Helam, and the root of Kalim, because Kalim requires a certain Helam. That's why it also says Exodus that you need the Tzimtzum to Megala the Kalim, because Lifniat Tzimtzum, what radiates, or dominates, I should say, is Eir, Eir HaBlikvul. That's the Loshan of the Eitz Chaim. That Eir in Sofayim Amala Kolam Metzias, Velohiyayimokim Klal, Le'elimus, it's anything, actually. So even though there is a Kayach HaGvul and a Eir HaGvul Lifniat Tzimtzum, but as Chassidus explains it, it's all submerged within the Eir HaBlikvul. Like anything, if you... If you had a, something that's bleakful and you have a gvul, like you have a number one within infinity, the number one is going to be disappear, even though it may be there, but it won't be recognizable. The tzimtzum conceals the era bleakful and therefore leaves room, the chol leaves room now for the structure to begin to emerge. But we don't yet have a structure. So the reshimu remains, as we discussed at length, which will become the sheder shakalim. At that point, it's not yet real kalim. It's only the root of Kalim, but it's there. In other words, the Kayach HaGvul of Lifnei HaTzimtzum is there, but it's concealed. And now what we're just talking about is the Kav is the second track, the Giloi HaDvarim. Because if you only had, if you stopped right there, Tzimtzum and Sheresh HaKalim, Rishimu, you don't have a world. It would be like a, a, a Rav, whose Mitzamtzum conceals his Seichel in order to be Mashpiyat a student, but he stops right there. Concealment itself doesn't create. It's the correct, necessary a preparatory stage, without the concealment, you can't have room for a Talmud. But now, the next step is the teacher has to begin the flow. He has to begin a stream of consciousness or a stream of intelligence, whether it's Olive Bays or whatever it is, but it has to be some gilui. So yes, it's a kavachut, as I explained in the previous share on this topic, which means it's, it's, it's not bligvul, it's clearly kav. A kav, by definition, means a line. Chut is a thread. And, and, and as we I even pointed out, the image in Eitz Chaim, he actually has a picture of the kav. So he says, the kav entering the cholo, the empty space. So literally, I mean, Kamuvan, it's not physical. But like the teacher, he's now streaming consciousness to the student. And it's only a very narrow stream. Again, no matter what level the student is, it's not everything the teacher knows. Definitely not the bligvul of a bligvul teacher, even though by uh, human beings we don't have bligvul, but just uh, as an, a marshal. And here, in this case, the kav, therefore, a kav achut, which has, number one, milo mato. We discussed that, because that's what a kav is about. A kav creates is higher and lower. The, the higher part of a kav of the line is closer to so-called the higher gili. The lower it goes, the gili becomes diminished, which is all from the Eitz Chaim. As in contrast to the kav, well, I'll get back to that in a moment. Let me just finish with the kav. Creates Milo Mata, which really will become the beginnings of Zvanu Mokim as we know it. Because again, structure of existence means there's distinctions. If there's no kav, there's no distinctions. Either the shimu is the sheir shakelim, but as I said, that's complete helam. So the shimu can be called upon to, uh, to create. The shimu is necessary because it will give us the ingredients that will, cre- that will allow for structure. But it's the kav that actually f- uh, actualizes it as a kav. So think of the kav, you can think of it like a paintbrush of an artist using a paintbrush that he creates all the details. And that's exactly what the kav is. It's moving the kav is a key. It's a divine energy, but it's a divine energy that's focused and directed. And Chassidus explains, and I think I mentioned it, if not, I'll, I'll say it now. The kav does not go all the way down to the bottom of the cholo. Again, we have to always uh, abstract this, there's nothing gashmis here. Because if the kav went down to the bottom of the cholo, remember the cholo is like a space, 
and the kav comes into it. If the kav goes all the way down, says the Eitz Chaim, then it would defeat the purpose. There'd be no Mailamata again. Because once the kav goes all the way down, so then there's what's higher, what's lower. The lowest part of the kav is also touching so-called the eagle hagadol, which is the erein so that surrounds this chol uh, pani. So the kav goes down. Generally speaking, it's chayim alterebe. They say to the end of atzilus, and after that, it's a reflection of the kav. So different places said different. Where's the kav mistayim? That's the question. Where does the kav actually end? Now, what means end? Again, it's all spiritual. It means where do you have the actual kav, and where do you have a reflection of the kav, or reflection over reflection? So, um, so generally speaking, it's Malchus of Atzilus. Sometimes it says Zav Atzilus. It's not clear exactly, but it's basically somewhere in Atzilus. Different places say different statements. Once you get to Bria, and of course you'd see it in Asiya, there the Kav still is affecting, but it's more like a reflection of the Kav. You know, think of uh, you shine a, 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 a flashlight, a beam of light, so the light will go a certain point, it'll stop, it won't be able to see it anymore. But that doesn't mean you can't make a reflection of it and a reflection of a reflection. So that's just a matter of whether it's the etzema kav or ha'ara of the kav. That's the language you find in Chassidus over the ha'ara of the ha'ara. Sometimes it even says a ha'ara, the ha'ara, the ha'ara of the kav. But that just indicates that as you go down, so-called, and say the stalsas, the gili is getting more diminished. So if you were to ask the question, what effect does the kav have right here in Elam Hazet, right here in this kailu, uh, on, uh, in, in the Gimple Shul here on uh, New York Avenue, the answer would be the fact that we exist is a result of the Kav, but there's no Gili that we can talk about until we are aware of it, because as the Alter Rebbe says in Pedeklam and Vov, means not Tachtenim in Mokim, it's Tachtenim in, uh, in, in uh, Maila. Tachtenim means where Eirin Sof is completely concealed, and what he really means is the Kav is completely concealed, and of course, higher levels of Eir, to the point that he calls Cheshech Koflu Mechupel, Ad Shemolei Eklipus Besitra Achre, Ad, that they say, Aniva Afsi Eid. So if the Kav was Begili here, there wouldn't be that possibility. When we say the word Cheshech Koflu Mechupel, and all the lower levels, Molei Eklipus Besitra Achre, means that the Kav is Behelem. But to say there's no Gili, if there was no Gili at all, we wouldn't exist. The thing is, we don't recognize the Gili to be Elikus. You know, the fact that we wake up in the morning is a gili alakus. So but we have to acknowledge it by saying way da'ani. Because in this world, the whole purpose of all this is that we should be megala, so to speak, in the helm of this world. And in, in, the, in effect, you're really doing is megala the kav. That really is radiating here, but it's a very concealed level. So that is just a general picture of the role of the kav. And it's throughout the whole Seder Shtalshlus, from the top to the bottom. And essentially, if you, could, if you want to like measure it, the growth of a person in Avedis Hashem, you can almost say it's like you're climbing the Kav. You're going from level one to level two to level three, all the way up, as high as one can go. Now, in other words, like when we say davening, for example, consists of Sulam Mutzav Arza, Reshem Shamaima. It's like a ladder. And it specifically states the ladder consists of four rungs. So it says in Nevuchim and other places. And the four rungs, this explains, is the four stages in davening. Uh, different ways it's explained. Birches HaShacher, Pesukah Dezimra, Birches Krishma and Shema. Or sometimes Birches HaShacher and Pesukah Dezimra are together. And then you have Birches Krishma, Shema and Shema The bottom line is four levels, which go through the four levels of Asiya, Yitzira, Briya and Atzilus. Or in the language of in the morning, in Tfilis, in Bircha Shachar, we say, Neshamesh Nesata Bi, Tehedehi, Ata Barasa, Ata Yetzata, Ata Nefachta Bi, Ata Meshamer Bikirbi. That is all the Ishtalshus of Elamis, but it's all driven by the Kav. In other words, you'd say in Atzilis, the Kav is much more Begili, in Bria less, and you'd see it even less, and I see even less, all the way, as I said, down below, Tachtenim, is the most concealed. So that's just uh, somewhat to uh, understand the role of the Kav in the whole picture of uh, Vishtalshlus. Now, as I said, the Kav is Gili. Even when it comes down here, it's still, its role is Gili. However, we don't see it, and we need to work on revealing it. But that's its Inyan. The Rishimu, as I mentioned, is clearly Helam. Sometimes you even say Tzimtzum Rishimu in one breath, because it really refers to the concealment of Elikus. Now, but then, the concealment itself is a Kayach Eliki which is essentially what the Rishimu is, the Kayecha of Helam, Kayecha Helam. 
and Koyacha and the Sheresh HaKelim and the Aesias that we spoke about and so on. Now I want to talk one more thing before I go into more details about the Kav. Where does the Kav originate now? I spoke about where it ends, but where does it begin? So generally speaking, the language is the Kav is Mushlish, originates from what's called the Eagle Hagodl, Lifniat Simpson. What that simply means is this. Again, Eden Yisrael filled everything. Then the Ebrister receded, the Ebrister concealed it in order to leave space. What happens to the concealed Eir? So, again, I don't like to use Gashmi's cases, but that's the Asis and Eitz Chaim. The Eir, it says, was, was nostalgic, which means it was receded backwards, and what's left was a Cholol. So what's around this Cholol? That's called the Eagle Hagodl. You know, if you think of... Uh, I want to use the example of a bagel. Some Ashpim use these examples that are very Megushimzik. But the point being is that essentially it's like a, a light that around it is like it centers around a, uh, a empty space. So the hole is the hole, and the air around it is called Eagle Hagodl. Now there's no Eagle Hagodl if there's no hole, because there's no, there's no, so everything is alien self. So the Eagle Hagodl represents the alien self living at Simpson. Now, Echsidus talks about that Eagle HaGodl is not the whole level of Eir Sof. There are levels that are higher than the Eagle HaGodl, which is obvious because Eir Sof itself has many levels as you go back to the Etzim Mokir of Atzmus. But Eagle HaGodl is definitely connected to the Tzimtzum because there would be no Eagle HaGodl. That's why in the language, let's say, in Odem Kiyakiv, Samagvol, the Rebbe Rashab says there at the end of that Maimir that Nogeba had Tzimtzum. Eagle HaGodl, did the Tzimtzum affect it or not? We spoke about that language with the Rishimu, that the Aesir said Rishimu, the Tzimtzum did not affect. But what about the Eagle HaGodl? On one hand, it affected it because it wouldn't be an eagle. On the other hand, it didn't affect it because the eagle remains. Nothing happened to the Eagle HaGodl, it's just not radiating in the Cholol, in the space. It's like saying the teacher concealed his intelligence so that he can teach the student. But his intelligence, he didn't become a less intelligent person after he was mitzamtzum his ayir. It's just not being mitzgala outside of him. He's not expressing it. But his, his mind is not in any way affected. In a second, the teacher could access all that intelligence. He's just not accessing it. He's not revealing it, I should say. So the eagle agodl remains this ayir that is essentially representative. It's ayir himself lifnat simsum. But it's the lowest level of Eir Yisrael, if not Simpson, because it's right before the Simpson, so to speak. Now, the concealment was total, as we discussed, I think, as well. Again, I'll just sum it up. The Eitz Chaim says, why didn't the Ebershter then just leave a Kav? If the Kav is going to any way radiate in this Cholol, he could have just left a Kav. Instead of making a complete concealment, 100%, leave 1%, leave a Kav. You know, get the air, move the air away and leave one Kav. And the answer is, there would, it would not be, the intensity of the oil would be too intense, even with that symptom, which would be really a symptom because you wouldn't remove everything. That still would be too intense for the student in the moshul and for the, in the nimshul, the kalim would not be able to emerge. So you need total silence, if you wish, or total concealment, stage one. Then the language in Eitz Chaim is chazer v'hoyer. Chazer v'hoyer. That now the, the oil returned and radiates. Now this word chazar is an interesting word. What does it mean it returned? Are you saying it's the same oil lifting at symptom? And then it just was followed by its symptom? So there's a lot of piyurim uh, in this chassidus. There's the Rebbe, the Fidika Rebbe, the Kutit Deburim says an expression, Kiyudua de Chiddush from Tatan in chazar v'hayr. And it's still being uh, debated what Chiddush he's talking about. Because the Rebbe Rashab definitely explains what means Chazer Vahir in different places. And, but the Rebbe, Friedrich Rebbe, referred to it as a Chiddush. So, I mean, he could explain it many ways. Chiddush could be because he explained Chazer really means, because it could have just said, you don't have to say Chazer Vahir, you could just say Vahir. Chazer indicates that something returned that was there before, which would mean that the Erakav has something from Lifniat Simpson. Now, that originates from Lifniat Simpson is less mandapolic. That's not even a question. Where else would the air come from? But, but to say exactly how much of the Lifniat Simpson it captures, so this is what I want to address right now. This Gili, we said Kav is Gili. Rishimu is Helen. Edis and Kalim, like I said, Gvul and Blikvul and so on. But what about the Kav itself? How much a Gili is it? That's the big question. And the issue is not just a theoretical one. 
Because it comes down to the big question I always point out is how high can we actually reach? Like, let's go back to the muscle of the teacher and the student. The, 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 it's clearly that the teacher has to conceal his brilliance. And let's just assume the teacher is a bleak wool uh, mind. Again, it's not humanly possible, but just as an example. So he has to conceal that bleak wool. He's talking to a child or even to uh, an adult, but, but it's just a beginner. And all he can teach is olive bays or just basic knowledge. So the kav is therefore being megal of that. The question is, how much does the student really receive through the kav? Can he elevate all the way back to the level of the teacher or no? Or the kav has akbola atzmis. That means you can't, you, you, there's going to be a ceiling. Now we all know, of course, that the, the, the gemara, based on the posuk in Pasha Kisovei, Adar boin shnin leikoi inish adaita darabe, that Chassidus brings, that we know, that a student can ultimately reach the level of the Rav. Which tells us that the Kav, that though right now it's a very narrow flow, but through, a person, through the student's work, he can expand his containers and mature to the point, not only that he can receive high levels, he can mamish go back to the Rav as he's lifting at Simpson. So you have to say the Kav has that within it, even though right now when you're learning Olive Bays, you only see the Olive, the Bays, but within the olive bays lies all the all the power of Eir, all the way up to the Eir Hagvul and Eir Habligvul Lifnat Simpson. So to explain this, there's actually two two shittas in Chsidis of whether the Eir Hakav is a Eir Gvul or a Eir Habligvul. And this is the Tzemach Tzedek, as you may know, always organized the Altareb as my modem, because Altareb didn't always say that he's going by this shit and that shit. But in the Maimorim of the Tzamech Tzedek, he often says that in some Maimorim of the Alter Rebbe, he goes with this shit. In other Maimorim, a different shit. So I'm referring now to, especially in Samach Vov, which is based on the Tzamech Tzedek. So the famous Maimorim that almost everybody has learned, in Samach Vov, HaChedesh Hazeh, all the way through Odem Kiyakriv, there the Rebbe Rashab quotes two shittas about the Kav. And these two shittas are actually, he writes there clearly, they're based on two different memorim of the Alter Rebbe. One is Yavir Levush Malchus in Tereir, where he says the Kav is Eir HaGvul. And there's the Maimer of Zeis Chukas, uh, not Zeis, I'm sorry, Tereir uh, Sa'ela, uh, I think, Tovkuf Samachtes. I wrote it here. Eilis Tomit, sorry. Eilis Tomit, Tovkuf Samachtes. Um which says that the Kav is Eir Ablikvul. So it's clearly two different shittas. Now, we'll soon discuss that. It's not, not a contradiction. They talk about two different dimensions of the Kav. But what is the really, why the Alter Rebbe sometimes says like this, sometimes like that? Because this goes back to a central theme that you find again and again in Chassidus. When, when you want to interface between two opposites, in this case it's Blikvul and Gvul, or even more than that, Boira and Nivra, how do you do that? It's one thing, two, two human beings, one speaks Hebrew, one speaks English, so you find a translator, he speaks both languages, so there's an interface, but you're talking about two creations, two nivroim that are be'erech zelazah. But how do you do that when you're dealing with things that are completely distant from each other? So the whole Yisod of Seydish Tashos Bechlal, and the Gans Chassidus, you can really say, and Kabbalah as well, comes to, to, to answer that question. How do you interface? How does a simple mortal human being on this earth connect to the immortal, to Bligvul? Now to say that, uh, that the Ebishter does a mitzad kol yachol, that's not, that's not an acceptable answer because Ebishter wanted us to understand it. And Haguf is opposite of the union of an interface. If you say it's mitzad kol yachol, so it's mitzad kol yachol, so it has nothing to do with us. So it's like the Ebishter is able to do anything. The whole point is that we connect with Abraham on our terms, with our koiches. So here you have all the sugyas where you talk about the Tata and Asusa Dileila. That on one hand, Asusa Dileila is a higher gili because it comes from above. On the other hand, Asusa Tata is a lower gili, but it's more premiistic because it comes from you. It's like the Odom Reitzi Bekav Shaleh, Yesa Metisha Kav Mishal Chavede. So it's only one kav. It's $1 compared to, well, let's say it's $1,000 compared to $9,000. You can buy a lot more with $9,000. But you'll also blow it quicker because it's not yours. When it's kav shaleh, odam reitzah, but kav shaleh, because you own it, you earned it. So when you earn something, something is but it belongs to you. 
It's more internal. And the Ebershter wanted a lakus to be beprimius. Not that it should just come from a kayach mamayla. Which is all the Yisaitis and all the mamorim that talk about. A gili mamayla is gizan the sinis kayach and it opens the door. And it's like, a, it's, a, it's the beginning of things. But then at the end of the day, it has to be a veda bekayach atzmei. Is the yisod of everything. Vavatim es Hashem alekeichem. The Rebbe in the first Yud Shvat Tovshin Yud Aleph says clearly, Mamish makes that statement. That I'm going to do the work for you. You have to do your work. I will help. But it was always, it's always a partnership. So the same thing as in Avedis Hashem, it's a partnership. And therefore, we have to have the ability on our terms to be able to reach Alakus the highest levels. So in truth, all this that we're talking about, Kav, the Shimu, Kalim, Eris, the Elamis, is all meant to serve as these like stepping stones where we can begin with the olive bays, like I said, and climb the ladder all the way to the highest levels. So that's why this, the issue whether the Kav is Eira Bligvul and Eira is critical. Because if you say it's Eira Bligvul, so it represents more the Kayachaf law of Elikus. The Ebrish is Bligvul. Wow. If you say, but, but then the sudden there is that it's not on our terms. Because we're Gvul, we're not Bligvul. Yes, it gives us a taste. It's like, it's like looking at the, the awesome power of, uh, we say, Sumorim Enech and Rumi Bara Ela. The Rambam says that by being Mizbein on the godless Habed in nature. So that it gives us, it gives us a sense of what's called the Reimamus of Ainsof. But it's not on our terms because it's not Gvul. To say, therefore, the Kav is Eir Gvul has the Maila that it's more on our terms, Eir, but, it's not, but, but it may be lacking the Eir Abligvul. So the Alter Rebbe, in, two, in different Mamorim, speaks these both Shittas, these approaches. Each one has a Maila that the other. Why the Alter Rebbe in certain Mamorim focuses on Bligvul? Because there is focusing on the Maila of the Hafla, of the Ensof. In the Mamorim, he talks about it's Eir Gvul, he's focusing on how it relates to us more. But obviously, it's not a stira. So how do you explain that? So there's a, just a bahagdim, I'll give an introduction a bit to that. There's a maimer, chacholzu ranat, from the Rebbe Rashab. So it's one of the maimorim that the Rebbe, our Rebbe, made many notes on it. And there's certain places where he wrote long notes. The Rebbe has a very interesting footnote in the middle of chacholzu. Um, do I say it here? I don't know if I say it this thing, I'm not sure. No, I don't think I'd say here. Okay. In that footnote, he, he stops on there. But Rebbe Rashab says this lotion. That there was the Tzimtzum that made the whole Helam and Chol Lamok and Pone. V'achka Chazer V'hoyer, the Kav. Shenimshach Min HaRashimu. That's the lotion there. The Rebbe Rashab says that the Kav comes from the Rashimu. So the Rebbe writes, Tzarech Tzarechiyun, or it's, 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 he asks a question, Tzarech Lohovin is a lotion that he asks. The Chayret says everywhere the Kav comes from the Eagle Agadol, not from the Rishima. The Kav is Eir. The Rishima is not Eir. So what does it mean coming from the Rishima? And the Rebbe says there brings both Shittas of the Kav. Whether you say the Kav is Eir Abligvul, Eir Agvul, either way it comes from the, the, from the Eagle Agadol. And the Rebbe Seichen Sartan Maimorim, and there he adds that the difference between the Shittas is also the difference between Primi Sarkav and Chetzen Sarkav. Now, this is not the Rebbe's Chiddush. It says in Ayin Beis and other places that these two approaches, whether the Kav is Eir Abligvul, Eir Agvul, really are two levels in the Kav. The Primi Sarkav is Eir Abligvul, and the Chetzen Sarkav is Eir Agvul. Now, the Rebbe also adds there that in some, another place it says that this is also totally in the two Shittas, the famous two Shittas of whether Eir is Pshutim and Eir is Mitzvah which is pretty obvious. So there's two shittas in uh, Kabbalah. One is the, the Rakanti and one is the Mareches. There's also a third shitta that uh, reconciles them, which I'll, I'll mention shortly. Whether the Eir is, the Chlal, the Eir, the Eir is it seamless and shapeless without any uh, particles, so to speak. And the fa- classic example from the Pardis for this would be, think of colorless liquid, colorless water in tinted glass. So it's clearly, the water does not change colors. The water is its own white, uh, whatever the, the, the neutral color of water is. 
but it goes into a tinted glass, so to the, to the observer, it appears blue or red or green or whatever color. So the oil really is poshet. Like in this muscle, the liquid, the, the water is, is colorless. But it assumes colors when it goes into the kalim. That's one shit. Another shit to know the oil itself does not have necessarily blatant colors, but it has subtly something that already makes it more than just complete pshittas. So in other words, there's a level of air that doesn't have any color. And there's a level of air that has potential color, and the kalim bring it out. So it's not the kalim create the colors, the kalim megala, that which is already there in the air. But in the air, it's very subtle, it's almost like invisible. You know, an example for that would be, Chassidus brings about the dal you say this, like when you say you boil water. So we know that all dal you say this are mixed with each other. You boil water, very often you'll find the sediment that remains at the bottom of the pot. Now, where was it when the water, where did it come from? Because it was there in the water. You just couldn't see it because it was completely bottled. So as you can see many times, if you burn something, or you heat something, or you speed it up, you sometimes, uh, you can draw out certain particles from it that you wouldn't have seen before. This is like, you know, even like an Esri Murkav, for example, in Halacha. You can't see with the naked eye if it's a Murkav. But if you put it under certain studies, you can find certain elements of it that came from a different fruit, or a different... uh, and so on. So the point is that the air could have in it the bedakus something, but it's not revealed. And that's the two shittas. Well, the two shittas are exactly the same in the kudah. What's the difference? Why is the rakanti hold this? And the, what's the, what's the, what's the machlekas exactly? Why should there be two shittas? Because the question is how much alakus is mislabish in the gidre hatachtenim? If, it, if it's pshittas, it focuses more on the bleakvul of something of Elokus, not so much on the Tzir Prati. And the Kalim create the Tzir Prati, the structure. If the Eir also has Tzir, then the Eir relates more to existence. Just to give a, an example. Something we say every day in our, in, in our brachas. You say, Baruch HaTashem Lekein Melech HaElam Shehakalim B'Dvari or Be'er Amin HaMezenis or Be'er Priya Eitz or whatever it may be. Or in the, in the more the, 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 more the, the bracha Rucha, Whatever it may be. Achilles Matzah. Now, there's two parts to this bracha. There's the beginning of that all the brachas are equal. All that equalizes. No matter what mitzvah you're doing, you make the same, the same opening. But then the last few words are different. So what's the Nekudah Bezat? Because when you do a mitzvah, you're supposed to have both the Kavana Klolis, Kavana Klolis is focusing as the Abish is Ratzin. You're doing a mitzvah, it's not Negei Bechlal the Prat. You don't make distinctions. Ratzin Hashem, what's the difference if the Abish wants you right now to put on film or he wants you to eat matzah and Pesach? It's not the Ratzin alien, they're both the Ratzin. It's like uh, the Alter Rebbe says, Afilu Lachtev Eitzim. The Abish says, even if it was to, to uh, chop wood, that's what the Abish wants. Ratzin Hamelech. That's an equal. That's like the Eir Abligvul. There's no protein there. But the Ebersh also wanted, as I said, he wanted the Eir Kloli to come into protein. So the second half of the brach is the, is the Kavana Protis that focuses now, no, I'm doing a specific mitzvah. That film is Shibud Haleva Ameyach. And other mitzvahs have different Kavanas. So there you have right there both sides. Essentially like the Eir Abligvul, Eir Kloli, you have Er Prati like Er Hagvul. Now, once you're Metavich, what's the Tivuch? The Tivuch is we want both. The truth is, in the true interface, you don't want one or the other because, again, the interface has to have something from the Elian and something from the Tachin, something from the Bligvul, something from the Gvul. So there you have the Kav has two dimensions to it. If you talk about Primis Akav, the Primis Akav is Margish, the Kavona Klolis, the Bligvul Shabazah. And the Chesayi Sarkav, its focus is building the structure that needs to be built. So to use an example, you know, you're going to build a beautiful home. Okay, you have a vision for this home. It's going to be a mansion with all kinds of rooms and so on. In your initial vision, when you envision it, there's really no protein. It's not negated to you exactly at that point, whether the living room will be 10 feet wide or 100 feet or whatever it may be. You want a home for you and your family to live there. Or a melech wants a palace. Or the Ebishter wanted. 
It's a statement. It doesn't say any details yet. Make a migdash. The goal is v'shanti b'seichel. How? Then comes afterwards. We start v'asuli on, make an on, and then a maneira, mizbeach, and shulchan, whatever order. And then come the yirias and the rest of the structure. So there's two parts to this. If you didn't have the vision, you wouldn't have a cohesive unit here. If someone came and said, I want you to make a, a house with, uh, with 10 rooms and so on, and someone said, what do you want to use this house for? You first have to explain the tachlis of it, the purpose of it, which is Ayin Kloli. Then you say, now, how do I do it? To do this, if you want to build such a home, this is what you go to, go to any, uh, any designer, any engineer, anyone that's going to write a business plan, the first thing they're going to ask you is not the details. They ask you, what do you want to accomplish? What's your mission? What's the goal of your new business that you want to open? Or like I just said, you want to build a home. Tell me what the purpose of it is. If you don't have a shachanti b'seicham, the rest of the details will be just details. So you need to have an er kloli, so to speak, what I'm calling here, er abligvul, sort of, that encompasses everything. And then, if you only have the vision, then the problem is the other way around. You won't have details. And we know we need to have a structured details. So if you think of the kav, in that sense, the kav has to have like its intelligence, which is, of course, it's all a kav is just a gazim biyad achetzev. It's just God's way of creating. It's his tool of creating. So the kav, the primis of the kav is margish, what the kavona klolis is in the whole shtalshus. Like the asheke dishon mitzvah And the chetzenius kav is focusing on building. Because if you have someone, and this is very common in businesses, even Lahavdil, there's somebody who has a vision of the big picture, but he doesn't know how to implement the details. And everything is in the details. It's all like they say, 1% idea, 99% execution. Execution means bringing it down, implementation. So you need the details. That's why in every good entity, you need to have people who know how to make the details. It's like difference a little like between Chachm and Bina. Chachm is a concept. Some people are great innovators. But you need Bina to break it into details because without details you can't implement anything. So I'm sure you've had many times ideas. I mean, I get this almost every day. People come to me with all kinds of ideas. And I say, great idea. Okay, what's your plan? How to break it down? I said, that's why I'm giving it to you. I said, I'm not exactly an expert on details either. I'm also a dreamer, you know. So you need the dreamer, but you need also to bring it into Peel, which not everyone has, frankly, some people have very strong Chachma. Some people are very strong in Bina. You're not going to find many people that do both well, by the way. There are people who are great idea people, and usually they're not great at breaking it down, because you need a certain patience and meticulousness and details. You know, this is often how uh, you know, a husband and wife are. The husband's more chachma, the woman's more bini yaseyda And that's where you'll see, a woman's going to be more practical. The husband come up with all kinds of kakamani ideas. And then it comes down to, okay, how do you exactly do you make this into action? And then you start going into the details, you realize it's not so simple. So both are necessary. And to bring it back, so the kav has essentially both these elements. The Eir HaBligvul, which is Primis kav, And that's when you say the kav is mushish in the Eagle HaGadl. And the Rebbe says there, the fact that the kav comes from, what it says in the Cholzu, the kav comes from the Rishimu, He's talking about the, how the Rishimu and the Tzimtzum affect the Kav to be a Kav that is going to fit into Gvul, Eira Gvul. So it doesn't mean that the Kav rooted in Igla Godl, but it goes through the Rishimu, so it affects it. So the Kav is a, has also an appreciation of the, of the structure of Seder Shtalshus, not just of the Eira Bligvul. Now what you see from all of this is, if I may say so, is a certain eloquence that Chassidus Chabad adds and more than adds, it's like a tremendous, you know, you learn the Eitz Chaim itself, you don't see all these details. But once you re- understand how the Alter Rebbe developed it, and especially the Rabbeim after the Alter Rebbe, suddenly you go back to the Eitz Chaim, it's a whole different Eitz Chaim. It's all true to the Loshan of the Eitz Chaim. It's not like a, but you appreciate what is the Kav and what is the Igla Godel and the Tzimtzum. What you have here is a, a very uh, a beautiful, eloquent approach of how you understand Ardus Hashem. How can you have Agdus and Ischalkus? And, and it should work. But when you understand that, is the Ebershtah both created both Kaychis, the Erhag Bligvul, the Erhag Vul, Kaychag and that the Kav reflects these two dimensions, it comes alive in that sense. 
So essentially, the examples I gave are Shekin Shon Sivonu or the, the Brochus or the example of the Mishkan. Everywhere you'll find in Torah and Mitzvahs, the Klal and the Prat. And essentially, you're saying basically the Eir HaBlikvul and the Eir HaGvul. Now, we have to remember that it's still Eir HaGvul Kav. It's not Kalim. Even though, I'll introduce another topic in a moment, that the Eiris and the Kalim have a connection, but it's ultimately the Kalim that really give the structure in real, in the real, in real time. You could ask the question, one second, if you already have Eir HaBlikvul and Eir HaGvul, what do you need Kalim for? Well, that would be like saying that even though the Eir HaGvul is identifying with the details, but you still need to build an Arun, and you need to build a Meneire, you need to build a Shulchan and a Mizbeach and the other Kalim. So the fact is, Kalim are ultimately uh, both the Mekablim and create the full identity. So Chassidus says, no matter what Shita the Kav is, whether it's Eda Blikvul or Eda Gvul, whether it's Eris Pshutim or Eris Mitziyarim, both of them, no one says, it becomes Kalim. It's just a question how much the air is magish and how much the air is sensitive to the keli. But both say, everybody holds that the kalim ultimately create the full shape. The question is whether there's already bedakus some shape in the air. And does the air relate to it or does the air remain beyond it? Because also everyone agrees that, there's, that the air, even according to the shit of Eris Pshutim or Eir Ablikvul, does not hold its save of kalam. It's still mamala kalam. Seva Kalam is never goes into Kalim. The Kav is Beferish Mislabish, it's Mamal, it Beferish goes into Kalim. The question is whether the Oyed has in it something that already relates to the Kali or it's somewhat more Poshet. So basically, when you really break it down, both Shittas hold that the Oyed relates to the Kalim. The question is how deep is, the, is, their, is their connection? So the Chetzenius Akav, the connection is very deep. And the Primius Akav, it's not so much in the tziyur, it's more the asheka d'sharm b'tzvesu Which is also, you can ask the question even halachically, when you make a bracha, what, what do you focus on more? The asheka d'sharm b'tzvesu or on the prat? The answer is, it doesn't say anywhere that, which is the priority. It says you should have both kavonas. But I, you could see a situation where one day you're focusing more on rotsin Hashem, asheka d'sharm b'tzvesu and another day you're focusing more on the detail of the mitzvah. That's a normal thing. Just like when you're davening, if you're davening with kavana, kavanas are not always the same. Like you could say Shema Yisrael with a focus on the words Shema Yisrael, or you could focus on Echad, which is the main focus, but still, there's different words. My point is that it's not a stira. You could have different, in Aveda we are called fluid creatures, which means we're not just static in one way. So there's no problem saying that sometimes your focus is on the kavana clawless and sometimes on the Inyan Prati. You know, just like you say, let's talk, I take a shliach. A shliach is an example for what's supposed to be an example. Uh, it's not exactly because a shliach is a badaz b'fniyatzmi, but the bitl of a shliach, the Rebbe speaks about three or five levels of bitl. So a shliach is a, it could be but only the, the yad hashliach, you know, the whole the different levels of a shliach. So when a shliach is doing his shlichas, is he focusing the rotsen of the Rebbe or is he focusing on the specific shlichas? Now, if a person is only focusing on the Ratzon of the Rebbe, sometimes will be a battling, and he may not get the job done properly, because you need to do the details. You can't just come and plan, let's say, a Hanukkah event, and announce to everyone here, I make a Hanukkah because the Rebbe wants me to make one, but I didn't really plan out the details, there's no schedule, there's no agenda, and so on. You're not going to have, I think, a, a receptive audience to that. On the other hand, a person gets so caught up in the details, and they forget, there are shlichas, there are shlichas of the Rebbe. And they have to make sure that they're true in the integrity of the Rebbe's kavana. So you'll say, which one is more important? The answer is both. Because the same Rebbe that sent the Anshlichas that you need to focus on also wants you to go into the details. That's why the Rebbe would answer very often to Shluchim, B'chol asar v'asar People ask the Rebbe, I think so. The Rebbe said, ask mumchim al asar. Why? Why couldn't the Rebbe answer? Because that would be the Rebbe's roch ha-kedosh or das elyon. Kavanas it should be b'protim in each mokim lefiin yoni. At the same time, you want it to be mechuven to the Rebbe's rots. I'm just giving an example where these two aspects play itself out. And everything in life is this way. You, want, you must have details, but the details have to be aligned to the klal and to the rots elyon. So in a sense, the kav is what maintains this balance. So a few more points I want to make. And um, you know, this may be you know, there's Rishima we did, I think, six weeks. I don't know how many weeks, seven weeks. 
But the Nishim is a more complicated sugya and a lot of chidushim and kav, relatively speaking, I mean, everything is complicated, but it's much more, uh, much more, uh, less developed by the Rabbeim because it's a pretty clear topic. So, so the, the next point I wanted to make was, you've heard the expression, he says another interesting expression, which relates to what we're discussing. Misavus comes from the word av, ivies. Av means thickness. Something is thick, it's called av. So it says from the thickness in the oil become the kalim. That's what it says in Eitzchayim. What does this mean exactly? So the way Chesidus generally explains it is that the Savas air is, according to the shit of Eris Mitziyarim, it's very clear. Is the tziur in the oil? So it's not yet a tziur uh, we can call dak. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's not a, a tzir like a, like, like a keli, but somewhere subtly, and that's his avasair. It's like so-called the particles or the dust that I mentioned before in the water or in the air. It's not the gully, but it's there. When the air gets concealed, the Yitzchayim explains, that's when the, the evias, the thickness becomes more apparent, and that will become the root of the keli. Now, important to, that's the eris mitzirim, eris pshutim, as I said, even those that hold that also hold that there's something in the air that makes it, uh, makes it uh, what's the word, um, compatible with the kalim. Because air asevev not, will not fit into a kalim. So whether you explain it's air poshet or air mitsuyer, there's everyone who holds that the air has something in it that speaks to the, to the kalim. But the critical thing to remember here, that this does not mean that the sherish hakalim is in the air. Sherish hakalim is in the reshimu. In the Kayach HaGvul, the Asius. It means, however, that that Shedah Shakeim travels through the Eir, which only adds again to the Achdus. It doesn't bypass the Eir. So in other words, the Eir has something in it that is like you could call the Keli Sheba Eir. In Ayin Beis, um, in Ayin Beis, in the later Mamorim again, in uh, I think uh, something like um, the Dvorim or Veschanan Mamorim in Ayin Gimel, the Rebbe Rashab brings that there's, when you talk about, uh, he gives an example, example of a Bamem Adlikin. So it talks about what can be used as a wick to, let's say, light the Ner Shabbos. Not everything is a, fit, a fitting wick. What's the proper wick? So he says there's four scenarios. You could have a wick that's so, uh, that is so um, thick, like a piece of metal. Can a piece of metal be used as a wick to light a candle? No. It's not uh, combustible. It's not something that you can light a fire with. A wick has to be made of thread, wood, uh, something that the that, uh, that, that fire can catch. On the other hand, you can have the extreme that the wick is so th- thin, like a long strand of thread. As soon as you light a fire, it burns out. So that's the other extreme. Then also in the oil, he says, there's two possibilities. You take a big avuk gdela, a big f- torch, so it'll right away burn out any flame. You can't really light a Shabbos candle with a torch. If you light torches, it won't burn properly. On the other hand, you could have the light. Also, the oil is very weak. If you just light a flame and it's just so weak, it can burn out also quickly. So basically, you have a keli that's too thick or too thin or too subtle, or you have an oil that's too strong or too weak. And the Rebbe Rashab says the perfect balance is when the wick is strong enough to hold the flame, let's say, like a thick like a wick like we use, uh, let's say we use a Hanukkah, we just lit Hanukkah or Shabbos candles. On the other hand, the flame is not too big to consume the wick. So he gives the example for Eir and Keli in the same way. That the Eir, if it's too strong, the Eir, Eir Habligvul, will not be able to be contained by a wick. So you need to have that the Eir should be contained. It should be a flame, but not too powerful. On the other hand, the wick, the Keli, can be too weak and can be too thick. It also has to have a perfect balance. So he ends up saying that there's the keli shebe'er connects with the er shebe'keli. In other words, the, er, the keli has to be a, 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 a piece of metal. is not a keli for er, for, for esh. Uh, a piece of cotton is, or another uh, material like that. So you need to have, so the keli has to be roi, be, uh, and has to be a fitting keli, which means the er shebe'keli. The oil also has to be able to communicate with the keli. So a very powerful flame will not do that. So in a sense, you can say that the keli sheba is like the evies, the thickness I was taking, like the eris mitziyarim. 
that allows the, it prepares the air to enter into a keli. And the keli needs to be somewhat a clay kibble, a mezuchich, refined enough to be able to receive the air. And that's what creates a perfect picture. Like, think of health. God forbid, a stroke comes from what? It can be two things. It can be if a person's blood, there's a clot that doesn't let the blood flow somewhere, that creates a big problem. What happens to the other extreme? If the blood is too thin, so that can create a hemorrhage, which can also cause terrible damage. So the perfect balance of blood running through a human body is it's thick enough and not too thin and not too thick. It has to be the perfect balance. So really health is really the perfect balance of Aedes and Caleb. And the Kav is a tremendous role to play because it's the regulator. It makes sure that the Eid HaBligvul is there. So you have the Kavona Primis, like I said. But it also makes sure the Chetzenius HaKav that it relates to and is able to bring the, the air to the kalim, and it should fit into the kalim properly. And that's called a harmony and balance. And so the kav really, one follow, is really the force that the Abish to put into existence that both creates, and as it says in Ayin Beis and a few other places, also creates the skalulus, that the Swedish should talk to each other. Because if you only have a creation of structure, as I said, you don't have the agdus, which is skalulus is also resulting in somewhat a feeling of the Eir HaBligvul, that Chochmeh senses Bina. They're not just separate from it. In Tehu, you don't have Iskalus. Because in Tehu, there's too much Iskalus. In Tikkun, you have the Kav working in a perfect way. It creates Iskalus, the structure, but also creates Iskalus that unites, that they all work with each other, like you see in a human body. Many different, you need to have the, the paradox of many different organs and limbs, and at the same time, how they work together in one cohesive unit. So in a sense, the Kav is therefore sometimes called, as the Rebbe says there, sometimes you say it's rooted in Malchus of Ensof, and sometimes it's rooted in Teferes Hanelam, Lifnead Simpson, that's the Primis HaChetzenis HaKav. But Teferes, what's Teferes? What I just said. Teferes is, takes Chesed and Gvura and creates a harmony between them. So that's, uh, I think, sums up more or less the Tehras HaKav, maybe there's some more things, I'll think about it. But there we go. And you have Yehairah B'chaim from it, which is how we find harmony in our own diversity in our lives and the different examples I gave of mitzvahs and shlichus and so on. A good day to everyone.